Welcome to the It Was a Thing on TV podcast, episode three, a special two-part episode, submission 010, Manimal and Auto Man. Manimal aired from September 30th of 1983 to December 17th of 1983 for a total of eight episodes. It's going to be one of those episodes. Um, the, the two, we chose two episodes today because they're linked by one person. And this person, uh, he created a number of, of great series uh, over the 70s. He created Switch, which ran for three seasons. Quincy, I mean, Quincy ran for like seven seasons, six seasons. He did Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew Mysteries. He also did the original Battlestar Galactica, and he did Buck Rogers in the 25th century in the late 70s and early 80s. Plus oh, also some, well, plus also some other shows, uh, BJ and the Bear, and he did uh, created the Fall Guy and Knight Rider. But these two episodes are sort of like a, uh, a, a like a separating his good work from his bad work. His good work also included. Uh, being a producer on Magnum P.I., uh, produced uh, some of the Six Million Dollar Man, uh, produced, who said the Fall Guy, uh, Simon Simon he, he created too. Uh, but after that, starting in 83, there's a whole lot of shows that he produced primarily that, um, that would be fodder for this, this podcast. Manimal, Auto Man, Half Nelson, Cover Up, Not the Price is Right game, uh, One West Waikiki, uh, Team Knight Rider, possible future episode there. Uh, he did produce the, the Battlestar Galactica from 03 to 09 on, on Sci-Fi, so we'll give him a little bit of credit there. But yeah, this is like a, a line of, of separation from good and bad. Pre-83, good. Post-83, not so good. And we're going to talk about two of those shows from 83 today. First, we're going to start with Manimal. Or or I should say, Rawr! Manimal. No, it's Rawr! Manimal. I, I can't do that voice. I'm sorry. I, I, mine's more like a little kitty cat, not like a, a panther or a jaguar. Uh, 
So, Greg, what do you have to say about Manimal? Oh, what else can I say about Manimal? Except I will read the opening narration from the legendary fat man himself, William Conrad. Dr. Jonathan Chase, wealthy, young, handsome, a man with the brightest of futures, a man with the darkest of pasts, from Africa's deepest recesses to the reified peaks of Tibet, heir to his father's legacy and the world's darkest mysteries, Jonathan Chase, master of the secrets that divide man from animal, animal from man. Wow! Manimal. <laughs> I didn't expect that. Oh my gosh. Um... Yeah, this this was on Friday nights along with with Mr. Smith, which we covered last week, and and Jennifer slept here, which we're going to cover next week. Oh, uh, they just had a bunch of winners on NBC Friday nights back in 1983. Oh my. Uh, well, Greg, I'm gonna let you take the reins of this because I don't know how much of this I can handle. Okay, well, Manimal follows the adventures of Doctor. Jonathan Chase. Now, Jonathan would be a shapeshifter, and he could turn himself into any animal he chose and use this ability to fight crime. He got this power from his father right before he died, as seen in that brilliant opening credit montage back from when he was a little kid. And his dad tells him, it's not the end. It's only the beginning. And then his dad disappears. And becomes one with nature, I guess. He His body disappears. So I guess he's kind of like Yoda in Return of the Jedi. He just becomes one with nature and disappears. Except I don't know whatever what if Vanable has some kind of relation with the Force or anything. And some of the animals that he turns into. Uh, he, he turns into falcons or eagles. And he turns into panthers. Uh, he's turned into a snake once to be used as like a, a, a rope to, 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 pull, to pull somebody from, from quicksand. Um, we're going to avoid the double entendres of, yeah. of a woman grabbing a snake. I, um, I should note, I should note only two people on this show were aware of Jonathan's secret, his good friend, Ty Earl and police detective Brooke McKenzie and Jonathan and Ty would assist Brooke with a case she was working on in the first episode with Jonathan transforming himself into an animal when it became useful. Greg and I had some arguments about this in terms of what's useful. Oh yeah. We're going to, I have a bone to pick with you, Mike, about this. I argue that he was never a good animal because couldn't you see like a good animal being useful in some cases? And by good animal, I mean a puppy dog, a kitty cat. No. Well, here's the thing, Mike. He's he's helping to solve crimes. Why would you solve a crime if you're going to be a cute animal? Wouldn't you want to be a ferocious animal to have the criminals fear you? Well, if you're a little kitty cat, you've got those little paws, and you don't make a lot of noise when you walk. Wouldn't that be good to to sneak up on somebody and then maybe you go from like a, a kitty cat into a jaguar and then and then maul somebody? You just wanted to see a transformation where he turned into a cat. So? <laughs> but it's a valid point. I mean, uh, there are so many you know, things he could have turned into, good, not to say good, bad, or otherwise, but I mean, there's 
you can use good animals per se in situations like that. You know, you could be a butterfly flying into some office window. You know, you could be a little hamster going through the the ductwork in the ceiling to to go into the uh, the the hidden office of of somebody. Am I wrong? That, why would anyone want to see him turn into a hamster? Okay, look, you just no one would want to see that. Okay, but listen, you had Mr. Smith on an hour earlier, and then you had Jennifer slept here, so the kids are still probably watching. Don't you want to attract the the younger viewers, like the nine-year-olds or eight-year-olds like me at the time, with a cute little kitty cat or a gerbil or or a butterfly or a ladybug? You want to see some action. You want to see him turn into a ferocious panther or a bear. You want to see him turn into a bear and maul people. You want to see him as a hawk snooping in on the criminals down below. Why couldn't he be a pigeon instead of a hawk? He did turn into a pigeon once. Oh, so he was a good animal. Thank you. But he also turned into a hawk. Okay, then why couldn't he have been like a, a, another nice bird? A love bird. A parakeet. Why did he have to be a hawk? Because hawks are cool. Hawks are cool. I'll give you that. So, yeah, so he turned into jaguars and, and hawks and snakes and one time a pigeon. I could, also... I, now, I could see why you would hate pigeons. You're from New York. Nobody in New York likes pigeons. He would also sometimes transform himself into a third animal. Sometimes he would transform into a bull. He'd transform into a bear. He'd transform into a, a dolphin. And he'd even transform himself into a horse. But, of course, the problem is these transformations would usually take place off screen. You know what the one thing he couldn't transform himself into? What? A good TV show. No, no, I will not take this, Mike. I will not stand for it. You will, you will not disperse the, the, the greatness that was Simon McCorkendale on this show. I'm sorry. I will not. And also, Mike, I should note, the transformation sequences were designed by legendary special effects artist, Academy Award winner, Stan Winston. Good. That and a dollar will get you a cup of coffee. Uh, <laughs> oh, wait. You're, 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 you're going to knock the greatness that was that is Stan Winston with his amazing special effects when he would turn into a freaking panther or a snake? You don't think those were cool? I, I'm going to make full... It scared me as an eight-year-old, Okay. I was very sensitive back then, and apparently I still am now. Um, I'm just going to, for full disclosure, I lasted all of about five minutes on this show. Oh, how could you? Because it was so bad. I've seen seen better acting at, at kindergarten variety shows. No, no, I will not. No, no. This was great. I'm going to stand by it. Go ahead and defend us. Okay. Okay. Think about this. You have a rich man, Dr. Jonathan Chase, trying to solve crimes with a police detective and his best friend. And he could turn himself into any animal to stop crimes. Okay. Let me, let me, let me read to you some of the plots here. I'll, first episode. 
a group of thieves devise a plan to hijack a shipment of nerve gas. So he teams up with Detective Brooke, and he, he, he knows the secrets of man and animal, and he's trained in an African technique that allows him to transform into different animals. I mean, come on, what, what more do you need? And then the second episode, he tries to stop a Bulgarian ambassador who hides behind his immunity stash to smuggle illegal goods into the country. Those are bad people. You know, those Bulgarian ambassadors using their immunity. One so, thing I've noticed just in those first two episodes, there's a lot of illegal smuggling going on. Well, in the third episode, while being interrogated by Russian agents about the location of a list, a man dies from a truth serum drug. A note and two million are left to his daughter, and Jonathan, Brooke, and Ty must protect the man's daughter while trying to locate the list before Russian agents do. I think that's the episode where I saw the, the last five minutes and just said, nope, I give up. Nope, can't do that, anymore. That was your problem, Mike. You watched the last five minutes. You did not watch the entire episode. No, I lost it when when the agents or whatever, uh, or whomever were in some sort of shack near water, and there was a circus nearby. Somehow there was an elephant trainer with an elephant nearby, and apparently, uh, Simon McCorkendale's character, oh, Dr. Jonathan Chase, you see, that's how much I remember about this stupid show. He, like, coerced the elephant to push this hut or shack or whatever into the, the water. He didn't even transform into the elephant. He said, hey, Dumbo, go over there and, and, and ram your head through the, the wall of that shack and push it into the, 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 into the water. All right, now we get to the best part, episode four. After a girl is found living with wolves in the forests of India, she is the topic of discussion at a local university where she is being held, where an attempt is made on her life. Dr. Jonathan Chase takes her into his care and protection. Her identity must be found in order to discover who it is that is trying to kill her. Now, a fun fact about this episode. This episode, episode four, Female of the Species, has an identical storyline to a 1986 episode of The Wizard titled Endangered Species, as well as, Mike, a 1994 episode of the same name in Thunder in Paradise starring Hulk Hogan. Oh, spoiler, that's on our list of shows to cover. Uh, and what do those three episodes have in common? They were written by Michael Burke and Douglas Schwartz. And a fun fact, Michael Burke you may best know as the creator of Baywatch. Which makes me wonder why they didn't use this plot in Baywatch. Pamela Anderson could have turned into a jaguar to protect this uh, this young Indian girl. Episode oh, that's a totally different spinoff. I, I quit. I quit. That maybe David Hasselhoff could have could have turned into the jaguar. Episode five. We have an episode called High Stakes, where a horse trainer recognizes her stolen horse in a race, while Jonathan helps her try to recover it. Sadly, the special guests in that episode were not Mike Francesa and Secretariat. Hoss. Hoss. <laughs> Chapter, episode 6, Squirmshaw. While at the beach, Jonathan and the others discover a scrimshaw, a rawless tusk with carvings on it, in the clutches of a skeleton. They begin investigating at a local bar where they encounter someone who has been looking for it for their whole life. And it's the guest star on that episode is... 
Mino Palouche, who would be best known for the 1982 NBC series Voyagers. Uh, another possible episode in the future. Hint, hint, hint. Yes. Episode yeah. Mino Pellucci, yes. Mino Oh, well. I was not... Hey, Voyagers was two years before I was born, so cut me some slack. Breath of the Dragon, Episode 7. Jonathan, Brooke, and Ty must stop a criminal who exhorts money from businessmen in Chinatown while posing as a superstitious icon known as the Dragon. There's a fun fact about this episode, which I'm going to mention. Well, I will mention it. Well, I'll mention it later when we get to the second part of the episode. So, And the final episode, Night of the Beach. Night of the Beast. Episode 8. While on a well-deserved vacation, Jonathan, Ty, and Brooke get involved to thwart an attempt by a syndicate boss to illegally take over the town of Birch Hollow in order to legalize gambling and build a large casino. Boy, now I know why Manimal got canceled. Those thrilling plot lines. I mean, they could have had a crossover episode where, where, where they brought on Mr. Smith. You know, and Mr. Smith, like, tried to save the country from, like, nuclear war, and and uh, Jonathan Chase turned into an orangutan, and and I don't know what they would have done as an orangutan, but I'm surprised NBC didn't go down that route because they promoted the living dickens out of Mr. Smith. Yeah, you tell me. I mean, God, if that had happened, I bet you both shows would, would have had a five-year run, I guarantee it. Oh. Oh, they would have both seen 1984, I'm sure. And then it would have been properly canceled in 1984. The character of Manimal would come back later in 1996 when Glenn Larson resurrected the Jonathan Chase character on a crossover of his 1990s series Nightmare. In that episode, Manimal's traditional practical effects transformation was abandoned in favor of CGI sequence. And in the episode, Nightman aligns with Dr. Jonathan Chase to stop Jack the Ripper and it involves time traveling which is that is just that is just amazing manimal time travel Jack the Ripper oh man it's, sadly it's in an episode of Nightman which sucks but I mean still you do get Simon McCorkinale back as Dr. Jonathan Chase and that is that is fantastic and if you're as captivated by this as I am Shout uh, Factory actually released the entire series on DVD in 2015. Yes. And, and, and Greg did send me a link maybe about a week and a half ago. It's on Amazon for, I think, $22. Yeah, that is that is money well spent. Oh, my goodness. On the wiki. In 1984, a Manimal Annual was released in the U.K., it is a book containing stories and comics and games based on the show. Hold up. Hold up. I got to try to find this. <laughs> you know what I'm searching for. Well, that will, oh, there it is. $43.28 pre-owned on eBay. Or, or the cost of two series of it on DVD. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. God. I, oh, wow. Is, they'll create annuals for anything in England. Oh, you, you're telling me. But speaking of eBay, we got to mention some stuff we saw on eBay a couple weeks ago. I mentioned last week the pictures we found of Mr. Smith and Bobo. Some of the pictures we found relating to Manimal. 
we have this amazing picture of Simon McCorkendale holding a falcon like he's the like he's the falconer's dad. Simon McCorkendale was the best falconer until Peter Griffin came along with sidecar falcon Xerxes. And we also found a picture of Simon McCorkendale in the transformation sequence with a pan, with the panther head on. Oh, don't you wish you can get one of those signed by him? How dare you, Mike? You know he's passed away. I I, I know, but j- just the collector value of of him wearing that head and having an autographed. Oh my God. That that's something you'd hang in your bathroom, I'm sure. Oh man, it would. It would. Next to the pictures of Super Train, I'll have one day. <laughs> Super Train. Oh my gosh. Now so yeah, needless to say, yeah, they're they like taking pictures of of Simon Corkendale with a falcon. Uh, some of them with Melody Anderson, some without. I mean, if you look at the Wikipedia, the picture that's used there is Simon McCorkendale with a falcon and Melody Anderson. And it's a beautiful picture, if I must say. I think any picture of Manimal would be a good picture to you. You damn well bet. Well, well Greg, uh, you purposely skipped episode number seven birth of the dragon there's something you wanted to add oh yes take it away okay a fun trivia note both episode seven and one episode of auto man feature a crossover now what is auto man what's what you say well you're gonna find out right now part two of this episode auto man Auto Man aired from December 15th of 1983 to April 2nd, 1984 for a total of 13 episodes, one of which did not air. see how much pain I was in talking about Manimal. Auto Man's actually even worse. This one I don't think I lasted more than about four minutes into. Um, and I was just like dabbling. I wanted to see what it was. And I have a lot to say about it. But again, I'm going to defer to Greg to begin with. Uh, I want to hear his thoughts. Auto Man follows the adventures of a police officer and a computer programmer named Walter Neberger, played by Desi Arnaz Jr., and he has created 
a crime-fighting program, which is made up of AI that generates a hologram played by Chuck Wagner, who is able to leave the computer world at night and fight crime. So it's kind of like it's kind of like Tron, but with crime fighting. And that's actually the comparison I made because when I first saw this, the the suit that Auto Man wears, or maybe not even the suit, his body is like the the neon blue uh, electric um, uh, sort of uh, like pattern or whatever that you saw in Tron on the the suits that the the the, the those riders wear wore. Or, I haven't seen Tron in a long time. I just know they're very similar to what was used in Tron. Yes, it's like Glenn Larson saw Tron in the theater and he's like, "Yeah, I'm making a show about this. Making a show about this, but I'm adding crime fighting." Along with Manimal, where we have a guy who can turn into any animal, this is going to be gold. Well, that's what he said back in 1983, and boy, was he wrong. <laughs> now, I love that in the first episode, they don't even, they don't even like, waste the entire pilot on the origin story of Automan. They just simplify the origin story in, like, two to three minutes. Here, here's Desi Arnaz Jr. He's a computer programmer. He wants to fight crime, but he can't because he's a computer programmer. So he just creates this program, and and here and here's here's Auto Man. There you go. And he's like a hologram. Oh, he is. So, so he he's he's not even a real man. He's like a hologram. Yet he like takes up space in in three dimensions. So again, that makes it even more ridiculous. And I mentioned this to Greg earlier, I, something I was looking at earlier. He could dress up in a suit and you see this little ring of blue around the uh, uh, around his neckline, which is his hologram body. But also, how does a hologram wear a suit? Well, he puts the, sass, put the suit on, doesn't he? OK, but the thing is, how does a hologram wear a suit? Did the Tupac hologram put on uh, some outfit to, to sing at Coachella or whatever a few years ago? You can't put a, a suit on a hologram. Hologram is, is like an optical illusion. It's not three-dimensional. Wow. I'm sorry for interjecting some reality into this, but come on. Holograms cannot wear suits. I'm going to hashtag that. Hashtag holograms cannot wear suits. That's going to be the second biggest hashtag of 2019 next to Gary was robbed. Hashtag holograms cannot wear suits. Okay, that that's going on all the websites uh, when I update it uh, with this episode. But it just uh, it's just ridiculous. Like I said, I'm waiting for you know somebody that he's talking to that sees like this little thin neon, uh, almost like a uh, a collar around his neck to like pull down his suit and be like, what is that you know glowing neon? toothpaste gel-like color coming from your neck. And he just goes, I don't know. Desi Arnaz Jr. created me. Maybe I just don't get fiction, or maybe this fiction is just too stupid and absurd for, for television. But holograms cannot wear suits. Dang it. I'm going to fight that to my death. Do you want to hear something amazing? Okay. While, while in the real world, Auto Man posted as a government agent. Do you want to know what his fake name was? Oh, Mr. Smith? 
Oh, no, uh, there's another government agent. Otto J. Man. Okay, this is like the laziest TV show in history. Otto J. Man. Really? What? No, that's just lazy writing. He he could have been, you know, you know, Bob McCorkendale or something like that, with all due respect to Simon. But no, he's Otto J. Man, because why? He's Otto Man. Ha 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 ha. Lazy. This was a secret to everybody except Walter's close associate, Roxanne Caldwell, played by Heather McNair. Now, Desi Arnaz Jr.'s character of Walter Neviger could merge with Otto Man and to become one being sharing consciousness and skills while retaining Otto Man's invulnerability. Isn't that amazing? No, there's more things even more amazing about this. I, I'm wondering, in the opening sequence, something that doesn't even frigging exist got a credit. Cursor as himself. He's this little, like, ball that looks sort of, like, diamondy and it's spinning. And, 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 and oh, by the way, Cursor's a little pervert. Oh, he is. He definitely is. Yeah, if you see the opening credit, he puts a little heart on, on top of, of Heather McNair. And it, it just happens to be uh, a heart surrounding her, her, her attributes. Really? I'm sure that wasn't coincidence. Oh, that's great TV for 8 o'clock in the evening. That's the other thing. I can't believe this aired at 8 o'clock. This is like a 9 o'clock show. This is manual stuff. It aired at 8 o'clock. Well, didn't the A-team air at 8 o'clock? The A-team didn't have a perverted little cursor. The A-team had Mr. T. Yeah, but it still had loads and loads of violence. That's worse than... That's worse than a... Uh... A perverted cursor? Oh, 1983, yes. But he was doing good. He was. He was fighting for America. What was Auto Man doing? He was turning into a car with Desi Arnaz. Somehow they they integrated together. Their DNA turned uh, each other into a car, and they made ridiculous, impossible right angle turns. No, this doesn't turn like a regular car where you've got to you know, turn a little wide, and it's actually like a curvy turn. No, 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 no. They did a solid right angle. All like like from Tron with those racing cars. If you've ever played the Tron video game, you know what I'm talking about. One of the best video games ever, by the way. But seriously, he, he makes a right angle as a turn. No, that's not possible. Again, I'm sorry for bringing reality into this, but no, that. No, there's a reason why I did not see the show as a kid. There's a reason why I didn't hear this until many, many years later and then went down the rabbit hole of watching this for five minutes. Continue. Do you, do you want to go over the episodes, titles? And oh, I was, hope, I, I was hoping you would. Okay. Episode one, Auto Man. We've already, we've already discussed the basics, but okay, here's the thing. Walter Nebiger's superior, Captain Boyd, has assigned Nebiger to a desk job where he can utilize his skills as a computer expert. That's, you know, I, I watched like 20 minutes of the pilot. I, I, I'll be honest, Mike, I couldn't get through it, so. It's still 20 more minutes than I did. I didn't watch the pilot. 
But here, here's a great title, episode two. Are you ready for this title? I'm seated. Staying alive while running a high flash dance fever. Okay, too many pop culture references there. Staying alive while running a high flash dance fever. Did Glenn Larson go to Alex Trebek to suggest the title of this episode? <laughs> Maybe he got the $10,000 Chinese fishbowl. That's another future episode. Potentially, yes. Yes. Walter and Auto Man investigate a judge that appears to be corrupt and involved with the mob. The mob are a dangerous undercover regime and capture Roxanne. They bind and gag her in the back of a car before Auto Man eventually rescues her. Oh boy, they they bind and gag her. That, uh, as you said, Mike, that that's riveting for eight o'clock for the kids. That, that, that's, that has never been used before. Nobody has ever been gagged and put in the trunk of a car. And to figure, Auto Man rescued her in the end. Episode 3, The Great Pretender. When a truckload of paper the government uses to print money is hijacked, Auto Man, with the help of Cursor, poses as a rich criminal, competing to undermine the existing network of a known criminal dealing in counterfeit money. Now here's the first cameo the first crossover with uh, Manimal. Part of the scene on the taxi cab was reused from the TV series Manimal episode to Illusion. So here's the thing. Both sequences use a a sequence involving a shitty cab driver who has a car bomb. Now, in in the Auto Man part of it, when the cab driver is getting out of the car... You can freaking see, if you pause it, the silhouettes of the girl and Simon McCorkendale from Manimal. It's like they didn't even bother with the continuity in recycling this goddamn scene. I'm more trying to understand how Auto Man and Cursor sort of integrated and turned into a, a rich criminal. I, I'm wondering what why Cursor had to be involved, what he brought to the to, to that proceeding to help uh, Auto Man become a criminal. I mean, uh, well, Auto Man is already a man. I mean, he just needs to take on an evil persona. I mean, is that what what Cursor did? He put evil thoughts into into Auto Man's mind. Again, the the logic just baffles me. What if there was an evil Cursor? Like there was a good cursor and an evil cursor. You're complicating this way too much for this time of night. <laughs> it brings us to episode four. Ships in the night. Walter and Otto fly to San Cristobal to investigate the appearance, the disappearances of Americans. They discover a man aided by the local authorities that lures investors in order to kill them and take their money. Okay, at least that's sort of realistic because of all the issues that have been happening in, like, Dominican Republic or, or Haiti or whatever, but that's that's kind of creepy. Episode 5, Unreasonable Facsimile. Auto Man and Walter attempt to solve the murder of a businessman and the crash of a police helicopter. Auto Man begins acting procurer after watching soap operas on television. Well, wouldn't you? Exactly. Don't we all? Yeah, I, 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 I just want to say, Auto Man should have been watching the game shows. Wouldn't that well, be funny? Uh, Auto Man, he could turn into, like, the Joker's Wild slot machine. 
Now, I'm just saying, I just want to throw that out. I mean, that, that might be peculiar, but that would be funny. He just automatically spins 25, 75, 50. Never mind. Go on. What if, what if he, uh, what if to scare criminals, he became like the dragon from Tic Tac Doe? <laughs> Why do my dragons sound like Yoda? <laughs> yes! Dragon I will sound like. Yes! Manimal's dad with me. Yes! Episode 6? Flashes and Ashes. Walter's friend and fellow cop Frank Cooney is killed during the theft of police weaponry. But when the internal affairs agent believes Frank was involved, Walter is suspended when he and Otto interfere trying to prove his friend's innocence. Man. Man, that is, that is just unbelievable. They think that God, that is just unbelievable. You have nothing to add about episode six, Mike? I have one thing to add about this entire series. Oh. What? What is it? It's coming in a couple episodes. Oh, okay. Episode seven, the biggest game in town. Auto Man and Walter attend a computer game convention where they must track down Ronald Tilson, a computer genius who has programmed computers to cause disasters that will kill people unless he gets $10 million. Isn't that, that's a plot of Superman 3. It's also the 1984 version of Ransomware. I, I just wonder if Auto Man went to a computer game convention, you know, might he fall in love with, like, Miss Pac-Man? And what would Mr. Pac-Man be? What would his reaction be? Wasn't the Pac-Man cartoon on ABC at this time? Uh, I do believe you're right about that, yes. They could have had a crossover with the Pac-Man cartoon. I, I, episode 8. Renegade Run. When Walter investigates a crooked sheriff who is using illegal immigrants for manual labor, he and a friend are put in jail. Auto Man teams up with a motorcycle gang to free him. I have, I have nothing to say about this because everything is just going to lead back to what's happening nowadays politically. Yeah, good. Let's move on from that. Episode 9, Murder MTV. Walter and Auto Man investigate an apparent attempt to kill the members of an all-female band called Sweet Kicks. But their investigation is hampered when the father of one of the women seeks assistance from a crime syndicate. This episode's title references MTV. No, are you kidding? I would have guessed VH1. If I saw this episode, I would actually say, I don't want my MTV. Oh, here we go. Episode 10. Murder Take One. And you're going to have a lot to say about this, Mike. I just know this. I, I, I have some stuff to say. Former movie star Veronica Everly is a suspect in the murder of gossip columnist Ray Gillette. However, when Automan discovers that a horror Hollywood producer had a greater motive for murder, he goes undercover as an actor to catch the real killer. Okay, this is one of the five minutes that I saw of this insipid show. Um, I, I was actually doing show prep, and um, I, I went through the, the people who guest starred on both of these shows, and... I found that a very familiar name was in this episode. Someone by the name of Peter Marshall. Yes, the same Peter Marshall that hosted Hollywood Squares. 
Uh, I went to the episode to see you know, how much he played. Uh, he did play this Ray Gillette, the, the, the murdered gossip columnist. And he's on screen for just about 70 seconds. He's leaving some sort of a party, gets into a vehicle, drives home, gets to his front door, and bang, 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 bang. Peter Marshall's as dead as the real, the real picture show. Which may or may not be something we cover in the future. Why don't we just why don't we just say all our submissions right now while we're at it just just so you know people can, can get out of their system. Are you gonna cover this show? Are you gonna cover that show? Yes, we're just gonna say yes. We're gonna cover all the shows. We're we're gonna be here till I'm like 90 and Greg is like 80. We're just gonna be covering game shows or not game shows. We're gonna be covering all sorts of bad shows from our nursing homes. Yeah, you know, they're gonna be giving us like like bedpans and stuff while we're doing this. Because we may be peeing ourselves uh, laughing. But yeah, we'll be here doing like every crappy show in the history of television. We'll even create our own crappy shows because we're going to run out of them. We're going to say to the nurse, you think this is bad? You should have seen Whitney. Oh, I don't think we have that one down. I think I need to, to add that one to the oh, list. Oh, Jill, no. Do I really have to watch Whitney? You brought it upon yourself. You're the one who mentioned it. What have I done? Uh, you've given me another submission. That's that's what you've done. Uh, all right. At, oh, episode eleven. You're not gonna believe. You're not gonna believe this, Mike. Zippers. I Zippers. <laughs> okay, that might be the worst episode title ever. Zippers. Okay. Oh, wait, till, wait till you hear this. Wait till you hear the description of this. Zippers. Okay. Auto Man goes undercover as an erotic dancer in a ladies only strip club. <laughs> Auto Man goes undercover as an erotic dancer in a ladies only strip club. Okay. Forgive me, I'm actually going to see if this is on online. <laughs> oh, my oh my gosh. Okay. It, it's online. It's it's in Spanish though. No, I, I, no, I, I, I don't know why I'm looking at this. Jeez. Now entering the stage, ladies, it's Auto Man. Okay, so I think he's dressed as a police officer, but the thing is he has blue lightning bolts on his back and on his um, shoulders so it's like, you remember what I said earlier about you could see like that little collar uh, of, of blue uh, on his neck when he wore a suit? Yes. It's, it's the same color blue these lightning bolts are. So I, I don't know if it's you know, like peeking through the suit or, but you could still even see the, 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 the neon blue ring around his neck. I mean, his shoes are friggin' neon blue. Oh my gosh. And he's just dancing, wiggling, shaking. And he's wearing his clothes. Wait, he took off his shirt. What the hell? What the hell? He took off his shirt. Mike, would you... So, so now he's that entire, you know, uh, uh, crest sparkly toothpaste blue all over his body. Okay, but he's wearing pants still. He just took off his shirt. And oh, all the ladies, they're not suspecting anything. Oh, look at the Tron preacher dance for us. No, they're all... You know, dancing to the music, all laughing and stuff. And he just took off his pants. Oh, my gosh. 
I don't think he's wearing any underwear. I think he's wearing a belt, though. What the hell? This doesn't make sense. No, he's not wearing any any underwear. And this aired at 8 o'clock at night. Okay, you're making your... Wait! Is he wearing underwear? His butt doesn't have any of that blue sparkly crap. Mike, I have an honest question. Who would you rather see at a ladies-only strip club stripping? Auto Man or Bobo? What the hell are those two choices? That <laughs> I, I, I'd rather gouge out my eyes. But this, this is... I don't freaking get this. No! No! And if you're wondering, this is about 14 minutes into the episode. <sighs> and he just did a backflip onto hold, the top of the up, stage. Hold up, I need to see this now. Because I need to see this too. Okay, he starts dancing about uh, about twelve and a half minutes into the episode. It's a good thing that that it's a good thing Chico's not here watching this. He would already be one eight hundred two three five dead. Damn. fourteen minutes you said. Uh, it starts about twelve and a half minutes in. Oh, okay. He, he takes off his his top at fourteen okay. minutes. Okay. And then he takes his pants off at 14.22. Hang on, I'm watching this on... Oh my god! He's got lightning bolts all over his suit. That's what I'm saying, he has lightning bolts all over his suit. Oh my god. He's shaking his money maker. Oh my god. Well, how do I know he has a money maker? He, 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 there's nothing showing there when, when he took off his pants. Oh my god, he's the dancing oh Jesus. Oh. Oh, and then he returns to the stage at about thirty-nine minutes and thirty-five seconds. Oh, I gotta let me just skip ahead here. And I think I saw Walter run into his body, so it must be Walter merging with him. Which I'm not touching that with a forklift. Oh no, he's actually fighting them on the stage, but he's wearing that knee, uh, the, the 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 suit with the blue lightning bolts on it. Oh, that's a, that's incredible. No, that's another show on ABC. Oh. You know what? You know what? It needed a guest starring spot from John Davidson. When you think about it, this show needed a lot of stuff. I don't think John Davidson could have helped it. Oh my god, he, he he used like his fullest force lightning bolt and he just made a person collapse. That was inc- that was amazing. That was amazing. Uh, we, we need to go to episode that, 12 after I, that. Oh god, all right, here we go. All right, let's resume. Now, oh, we're keeping all that in. There is no resuming. That that's all staying in here. Edit points can go to hell right now. That's all staying in. And I thought it would peak with Manival. But this is even better. Well, you said zippers, and that's where I lost it. <laughs> Episode 12. Death by Design. 
What if Rufus Crime Syndicate kills one of Jack's best friends? Auto Man poses as a vigilante cop by the name of Mad Dog who is out for justice. Sadly, sadly does not turn into Chris Russo. You see, the first thing that came to my mind was Mad Dog McCree, the game from uh, for the CDI and some other systems. Oh my god, that terrible Wild West shooting game. Yes. I remember back in the day they would have it displayed at like CompUSA, even back like in 1994. I knew it was terrible. I I don't have it sadly, and I, I'm not planning on getting it. Oh, they made a they made a compilation on the Wii like ten years ago of Mad Dog Cree one and two. There was a two. Oh my gosh. And now and now thankfully, Mike, we get into the final episode. Hallelujah. And this one did not even air until it was rebroadcast years later on the Sci-Fi Channel. So this is the one that didn't air originally, but aired later. Okay. Club 10. The exclusive Club 10 resort is a center for diamond smuggling. When Laura Ferguson stumbles on this secret, she manages to put an SOS call to her old friend Roxanne before being taken prisoner. Roxanne, Walter, and Automan are soon on the trail of the missing Laura, unaware that they themselves are being trailed. What a thrilling series. <laughs> thrilling. And, riveting. And one more note I should mention that ties back to Manimal. Both episode 7 of Manimal and one episode of Automan feature a crossover element. Both Walter and Dr. Chase can alternately be seen in the background of a scene in each show as they were shot at the same diner. Well, unfortunately, we did not get that get an epic crossover between Manimal and Auto Man. It would be, it would have been like the practice Ally McBeal crossover of its day on two different networks. It would have been Auto Manimal. Could you imagine? Oh, what would have happened if Auto Man and and Manimal actually like crossed? Because Auto Man, well, he turned into a car with cursor. It, what, does that mean that he ran over Manimal and Manimal was roadkill? I, I don't know. The possibilities are endless. Oh, and just like Manimal, if you want to see this on, D, on DVD, and heaven help you if you do, it is on DVD. And believe it or not, it was actually released the same day as Manimal on DVD. November 10th of 2015, four discs featuring all 13 episodes, plus bonus features in case you can't get enough. I'm I'm almost tempted to go on Amazon right now and see how much it's going for because I have too much time on my hands and too much Amazon credit in my account. Oh, you're not going to believe this, Mike. There's a Commodore 64 Auto Man video game. No. I'm not surprised. But no, I, I. Oh, 1978, by the way, on Amazon. So for under 20 bucks, not including shipping or taxes, you can get Auto Man the Complete Series. And Greg, I'm not touching this one with a forklift. Well, that's your loss, Mike. No, I think it's my gain. I don't think it's my loss. Uh, but not only was there a, a video game released. Now, this is mostly in the UK, but action figures were released, Halloween costumes, a toy auto car, 
and a novel of the pilot episode. And then here in the USA, there are a number of, of toys uh, based on the show that were uh, to be sold in supermarkets, including toy print sets, uh, money sets, binoculars, etc. Can you imagine having cursor on your currency? That doesn't even deserve a response. Again, Kurt, he got, or he, not even he, it. We don't know if, if Cursor is a he or a she, even though he, he, it's credited as a he in the show. You know, we weren't, weren't in such politically correct times. Cursor is an it. It's, uh, I'm done with this show. I'm, yeah, seriously. I'm, Greg, do not gift me Auto Man for Christmas. I will send it back to you with some hate notes. Fine, I'll send you Manimal. I'll send you... Don't press your luck. Oh! I will end this podcast right now if you try such stuff. No, I like I said, five minutes of Manimal, five minutes of Auto Man, and that's when I clicked off of YouTube and said, screw this, this is a Greg show, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> And you're, if you're angry about Auto Man and Manimal, you're going to be really pissed about 10 episodes from now. And Mike, to tie it back into episode one of the podcast, you're not going to believe this, Mike, but Chuck Wagner was one of the guests on the Mash Game Highwood Squares Hour the week of April 23rd to 27th of 1984. Yeah, you know, it's kind of funny. Auto Man had been canceled by then. <laughs> And do you know who was on the panel that same week as Chuck Wagner on Match Game Out Squares? I have no idea. Leonard Fry was on the panel that week. You mean from from Mr. Smith, Leonard Fry? Do you think he? Do you think Gene Wood still introduces him in April of 1984 as from Mr. Smith, Leonard Fry? Uh, I guess we'll have to find out in maybe about four or five months. But guess who else was on the panel? Your favorite bimbo, Lydia Cornell. She's not a bimbo. She was a college student on uh, on Too Close for Comfort. Take that back. I just wanted to see the reaction you'd get. I will you defend know, her to the death. She played a classy, smart college student. Yeah, you're right. We all know the real designated bimbo of the week that week is Phyllis Diller. Absolutely. With those wild wigs she wore back in the 80s? Absolutely. She was a little trollop back in the day. Ugh. Now we're going to get sued by Phyllis Diller's estate. Yay! So that puts a wrap on this Glenn Larson two-part episode, Manimal and Automan. Or maybe we should just call it Automanimal. Next week, next week we're going to have our first special guest. I won't say who it is, but it's somebody who has all the episodes of this series on DVD, and I'm sure this person will give us some great insights about the NBC comedy Jennifer Slept Here with Ann Gillian. Remember, you can find us all over the Internet. We are on Facebook at Facebook.com slash It Was a Thing on TV and on Instagram at Instagram.com slash It Was a Thing on TV and Twitter at twitter.com slash 
you got it. It was a thing on TV. And we're on Tumblr at it was a thing on TV.tumblr.com. And if you just want to go straight to the home of the podcast, it's it was a thing on TV.podbean.com. So until next week when Greg and myself delve into Jennifer Slept Here, we'll see you later. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Wow! Minimal. Maybe that's maybe I should end every show like that. Wow! <laughs> 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 Jennifer Slept Here.